Welcome to a new episode of Deep Dives with Tremika Benjamin. This is a podcast that's dedicated to bringing listeners an in-depth look at innovative strategies that propel higher education institutions forward. I'm your host, Tremika Benjamin. And today, we'll be talking to Dr. Linda Garcia. She's the Executive Director at SESI. Today, you'll hear Dr. Garcia and I discuss the working learner. And the working learner are those folks who take the role of being both student as well as employee in their lives. So Dr. Garcia and I will discuss her research of 25,000 students across 74 institutions and the importance of looking at each one of these students holistically and understanding what their needs are, how they progress through their student education, and why we need to treat and take them very, very seriously. So as always, if you want to learn more about Deep Dives with Tremika Benjamin, you better come visit my website at www.deepdivestv.com where you'll find more information, additional episodes, a lot of really good resources and education, as well as following us on our social media platforms. So let's dive in with Dr. Garcia. So Dr. Garcia, thank you so, so much. I always get excited when we get time together, but I am especially excited to have you on this show. So thank you so, so much. Well, thank you, Tremika. It's great to be on your show. I'm a fan of your show. You're doing a great job. So when you invited me, I was so excited to be part of this. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And before I get started, you know the game. Do you mind if I call you Linda throughout the conversation? No, I don't. Please do call me Linda. Thank you. So before we get started, I want to just say... This could not come at a better time. With everything that's happened in this world with COVID, the concept of the working learner or now the non-working or underworking learner is just a topic that people have always had as levels of importance, but now it's taken this whole new level, right? And you've done so much work in this area. So first, tell me about this working learner. Absolutely. The bottom line is the working learner are students who actually work while they're going to college. They're balancing that, they're balancing life. And the reason we did that is because it goes to the conversation about looking at the student holistically. We have a great quote in our report, and I just want to read this quote to you because it really resonates on why we did what we did. Mm -hmm. This is from Anthony Carnavali. He says, you can't work your way through college anymore. Colleges need to do a better job of providing the right support services to ensure their working students have a means to reach graduation and gainful employment. So here's the situation, Tramika. So if these students are working all the time, and now the majority of community college students are working while attending college because they have this financial situation that dictates that they have to do that. Right. But here is something that we learned in our regular survey. With each survey, we always add items. But let me tell you about our main survey points, data points that really resonate with this topic. In 2019, our SESI cohort, and when I say cohort, I say three years of administration to colleges because we look at three years cohort, 60% of students who responded to our SESI said they were working full-time and that could cause them to withdraw. Wow. 67% of those same respondents say the lack of finances could also cause them to withdraw. So there is our why we need to really look into this. If students are saying, hey, I'm working full time and that's me causing to withdraw, don't you think it would be great to really start addressing that when students are just coming out and saying it? 
You know, there's really like a red flag. So now it's really time. Let's start working with these students and start looking at them holistically. Well, what I'm hearing you say is students are saying, hey, I'm a working learner and there's no environment right now that is catered to me or that's built for me to be able to juggle both work and school. I know for sure I can't stop work because I got to eat, right? And I know for sure I want to go to school, but there's not, it's not an infrastructure. So help me out here. And you said something that was really important. You said a majority of our students are working in the community college space. Do you have an idea of what do you mean by majority? Are we talking 55 or are we talking about 70%? So just looking at some of our data points, well, the report that I'm talking to you today, it's about a, a 30%. Okay. You know? But when we look at the student holistically, that's quite a bit. So when I said that 60% of the respondents say that working, that report working full-time, 60% of the working full-time. Yeah, that could cause them to withdraw. So when we look at all students, continuing and entering students, I mean, that's a larger population. Right. But this report only reflects the entering students. So we look at students in the fall semester. These are students we're not looking at continuously. These are brand new first-time students, and that's 30%. It's interesting because if we take that information and extrapolate that across all institutions throughout the country, it'd be interesting to know, and it would be interesting for you all to contemplate, do we follow those students? Those students who have already declared in fall, that they are working full-time? Are we following them to see how they matriculate through the institution? And it would be quite telling to see, are they staying and are they not? And what are you seeing happening with these institutions that don't take this working learner seriously? Are you seeing that they have some negative fallback? Well, I think when we look at the student holistically, there are so many things, barriers that students are facing. Working full-time is just one of the many barriers. Let me just describe a couple of focus groups that we do with two students that just resonate with me the most because we also do focus group work. I'm reminded of this one student. His name is James, and we show this video quite often. We interviewed James three times in one semester, and he was a brand new student in the fall term. When we interviewed him the first time, he said, you know, I'm excited. Uh, he, he's um, hopeful. Even the way he looks, he's confident. He's sitting really? up straight. That's month one. Okay. A month later, he says, okay, you know, school's a little challenging, but I'm going to hang in there. But it's not as easy as I thought. A month later after that, Tamika, within the same semester, yeah. no longer is James confident sitting up. But he's hiding behind his hoodie and something happened with James. He said, school's not for everyone. I guess I'm one of those. So within that same semester, he went from confident to the opposite. And then I'm also thinking about another student that we interviewed. And he said, I came to the community college because this is the only place that said yes to me. Think about that quote. It's so loaded with the experiences that he has had in his life. Mm. So when I think about those two students, something is going on with students. They come with their hopes, aspirations, and dreams. But along the journey, there's going to be hiccups. There's going to be hurdles. There's going to be situations that may discourage them from moving forward. One of those situations could be working. Another situation could be the insecurity of food, transportation, housing, going through this pandemic, 
the lack of healthcare. It's just so many. But today we're focusing on the working learner. So I think about those students like James or like the other students that this is the only place that said yes to me. So we got to make sure that we understand what their story is. Mm-hmm. We have to understand their challenges. We have to look at them holistically, not just in the course, their experience in the course, because students, like I said, come with host aspirations and dreams, and they're relying on community college leaders, faculty, staff, everybody there to get them to the finish line. Right. And so colleges are really trying to address this whole situation about why is it so important to recognize the student holistically? Because if we don't, we're going to continue having more students coming into our campuses, enrolling, and not the same number of those students are going to be graduating. We know the graduation rates for community colleges are still being worked on, you know, right, to put it, right. right? So they're not where we want it to be. So that's what happens when we don't look at the student holistically. And speaking of holistically, Ceci's recently come out with a study. So the title, um, The Intersection of Work and Learning. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So when we decided to do this report, this we, we decided to do reports many years before our report actually comes out. There's a lot of planning years in advance for this. Right. So before I was in this position, the previous executive director was working with the Trellis Foundation, and they also have uh, the Trellis Research Department as well, Trellis Company. And so they were going back and forth because Trellis is really interested in student finances, you know, students going to college and how that intersects with their finances. In that conversation, there was an opportunity to really dig in deep about the working learner and especially understanding that with student finances. So the executive director previously created this partnership with Trellis. And -hmm. because of that, we were able to identify an item set, which we add to our survey. And we had their person who oversees uh, the research at Trellis, uh, Jeff Webster, he partnered with us to help identify, okay, we're going to do this report, and we're going to do this study, and we really want to learn about these students. Here are some questions we may want to consider. So he helped us with that. So examples of some of the questions that we asked students, we asked them, do you work for pay more than 40 hours per week? How many jobs for pay do you currently have? Do you work for pay on campus or off campus? Does working for pay determine whether you are enrolled full-time or part-time? And how many classes have you missed because of work? Those are just some examples to really understand. So what we found in asking these questions, we found that in this report, this report, again, is only about entering students, that nearly 30% of entering students work more than 40 hours per week. 30%. Now, that's pretty notable. Wow. Now, within that, right. And within that population, it's really the part time students and non traditional students who do this. And when I say non traditional, we're talking about students who are 25 years and older. It's not the younger population who just graduated from high school and they go to college. No, these are the older students. And they also said that working will determine how they are enrolled, whether it's part time or whether it's full time. So that's one nugget that we found. A second nugget that we found was that uh, 64% of the entering students, they said being a student and being an employee, they're equally important. And that was not surprising because we know that the working learner needs to make ends meet. 
That's why being a student and an employee is equally important. And then the third nugget, Tamika, that we learned is that we asked that question, do you work on campus or off campus? Now, we know when students work on campus, they are more engaged. Right. Their employers are willing to work with them. They're supervisors. Mm -hmm. So very few students are employed at the campus, more so are off campus. And that was not surprising. But if students are working, here's a conversation that can be brought up. How can we connect them to jobs that are part of the program that they're enrolled in? You know, if they are, then they're more likely to be more excited, to be more committed, to learn more about the program that they're enrolled because students explore and they're they're learning about themselves. They're learning about does this program, does that interest me? Will I like it? So how do we have conversations about careers and maybe connecting them to part-time jobs while they're at the college or maybe internships? How do we work with our local employees, our industry? How do we have that connection? So that raises a question for colleges to consider. And when you think about, so the survey, we have the survey. Survey, when did it go out or when did you receive, when did it all complete? When was the survey complete? So our working learner survey was completed fall 2019. And that was administered to about close to 25,000 entering students representing 74 colleges. And did you see, as you were looking through the 74 colleges, you know, and you do not have to mention any institutions' names, but what were some of the aha wows in a great way or the aha wows? Like, we've really got to figure out how, you know, this is a challenge as an industry. We've got to figure out a way to support our institutions. What are some of those things that you noticed? So it was... Maybe not ahas, but it was more interesting. Something that just stood out in the data points. Did you know that over 80% of these entrance students said that their instructors at their college didn't know how many hours they worked per week? To, so to be more precise, it's 83% of entrance students said, my instructor doesn't know. Okay. Oh my gosh. In addition to that, over 80% of those same students also said a staff member did not help them decide how to balance the number of classes they take with the number of hours they work. So these are great, great conversation starters. And we say at the center, even though we like to provide aha moments, but Mm -hmm. we are in the business of starting conversation. So if listeners out there today, if you knew that data point, if you knew over 80% of your students are saying that my instructor doesn't know if I, that I work, what would you do about it? So if faculty know, do you think they might be more willing to provide some type of accommodations to students, maybe regarding deadlines, understanding the situation what students are going through, um, maybe that they're working so late that every now and then they come to the class tardy, perhaps? Mm-hmm. But maybe there's a reason behind that. And that's about looking at the student holistically. You know, back in the day, there would be instructors who would not allow students to come in. Maybe it's doors because... Are, doors and locks. Doors, everything locked. Everything's locked. But maybe because they weren't able to get to the bus on time because of work or some situation. Again, students don't come to us to fail. Right. They come to us to be successful. But along their journey, they're going to need some guidance, some support. But here's another data point, Jamika, that I also found interesting. 
17% of entering students who work, they say they uh, miss class because of work, 17%. And they do so in the first three weeks of class, 17% of students that, that they We know miss. the research. We know the research on the importance of attendance, especially at the onset of class. Absolutely. So we know faculty members can't control the students' work schedules, but if they knew about their students who were working, what kind of reasonable accommodations could be made? Right. So those are it because you know on the swim team as we think through you know retention work and ways to engage the whole student. The first thing that we talk about, to your point. We take a page from Ceci's book in that, you know, we have to draft those guiding conversations for conversation starters so that you can learn who the student is because people aren't just going to disclose, especially people who are already very, very nervous about this concept of school. Let me tell somebody all the reasons I don't think I can do well in school. They're not going to do that, right? So through these discovery questions, to your point, the advisor or the faculty member or the faculty advisor is able to really understand what this student is going through overall. And if you had to, you've mentioned, you know, some of the key interesting discoveries that you found. And we've talked a little bit about some of those challenging questions that industry leaders should ask themselves, right? So what if, you know, we, as a, you know, college president or or a, you know, a college chancellor or vice chancellor, vice president, if you're saying, you know, I know we need to tackle this working learner and I know we need to do better at it. What would you recommend their very, very first steps to be? Well, if colleges, college leaders are working in partnership with local industry and, you know, for instance, the Texas Success Center, they just had an institute mm-hmm. and they focus on transferability. They talked about workforce too and other institutes and colleges were wondering, how do we have these conversations? Well, one, let's create a relationship. Let's create some partnerships. Let's have a dialogue about the student. Let's get to know the student. Let's look at data and let's disaggregate the data and let's see who's being left out of what programs and how are we advising students to go into certain programs while others are being advised to go to STEM programs or, or right. But something that we heard from students, and this was not a focus group specifically for this report, but students were saying, wouldn't it be great? Because I'm a worker, wouldn't it be great if the college, when we're talking about guided pathways and you're trying to create a plan for me, wouldn't it be fantastic if you told me the next year or a year and a half or two that these are the courses you're going to take and this is the time frame? I have it all laid out because I can go to my employee and say, I need to work for the next year, year and a half. I'm going to be working from nine to 12, so I can work with you in this afternoon and it's going to be consistent. Yes. So it's about having those conversations with these employees, you know, a true, true partnership. If we want to make students successful, we can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. And we need to have these crucial conversations about how do we care for these students, but not just at the college, but employ industry with those that we're partnering with and we're trying to feed them future uh, students, you know, once they graduate, maybe they have an internship. How do we make sure that we collectively, both in partnership, are looking at the student holistically? Because we need to show that we do need this worker to contribute to our community. And so it's about building that foundation. So you have so much exposure to so many institutions, what their students think, what their students believe, you know, it's it's interesting. There's not a single person that I would 
reach out to about what's happening in this industry as it pertains to students' perceptions other than Dr. Garcia, let me get this answer really quick because I know that your institution has it. So you have access to institutions throughout this entire country. When you think about institutions that are doing this working learner thing right, give me one. Which school? The name of an institution? I would name... um, Sorry for putting you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and name South Central Kentucky Community and Technical College. And that's uh, Dr. Phil Neal. He is the president there. One thing that I really just appreciate that his team is doing to get to know the student, they have this intake form. Mm-hmm. And with this intake form, there's these subcategories about asking about academic goals. You know, what do you plan to major? I mean, if your goal is a bachelor's degree or a transfer, where do you want to transfer to? Or what's the date you want to graduate from? I mean, they're asking specific questions. What is your career goal? What is your dream job? They also ask life questions. If employed, how many hours do you work a week? Will you have additional responsibilities while attending college or support services? Do you need any accommodations for you to be successful? I mean, they're looking at the working learner. They're asking specific questions in the beginning of these students, you know, when they have conversations with these students. Rather than letting the student go on this journey and then they have some hiccups and hurdles that they jump and then they may stop out or withdraw, but no, they're taking care of it right in the beginning before it even happens. The situation, the challenges present themselves for these students. It's about designing. It's about being intentional because it goes back to our very first executive director at SESTI, Dr. Kay McClenney. She has always said, and to this day, she says, Students don't do optional. Students don't know what they don't know. So mm-hmm. it is up to us to have these intentional conversations with these students. And South Central Kentucky Community Technical College, they are intentional about those conversations. Well, you know, that's really, really interesting to hear. And this is Dr. Neal, you said, right? Absolutely. Dr. Phil Neal. Okay, great. That is really good to know. And thank you. And I do want to ask a final follow-up question. If For people who are listening and they want to access the study, how do they do that, Dr. Garcia? Absolutely. If you go to our website, and our website is ceci.org, and that's spelled C-C-C-S-E.org, just hit on publications, and you're going to see our nearly 30 publications there, and it's in the very top. Thank you so much. And I have to say... There are so many people that's excited to hear this show. And I just want to let all of our listeners know I have taken down all of the goodies, the videos, you know, James's video. We are going to figure out James. We're going to find James's video and I will make sure it is on the site so that they can see it. And we'll also direct you all to the survey that we're talking about for the working learner. And, you know, Linda, I can't tell you how much, um, and I've, I've said it to you since the moment that we've met, how much I respect and value everything that you all do at SESI. It drives the true student's opinion and perception of how an institution is moving forward. And a lot of SWIM's work is predicated from the foundation that you have built with the SESI family. So I just want to tell you thank you. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. Absolutely, Tramika. And then can I just leave three nuggets for the audience? Absolutely. So if once the, you go back to your colleague and you tell them about this great show that you just listened to about the working learner, here are some conversation starters that I recommend you having. And here are three questions that I recommend you asking your leadership team. One, 
how does your college consider students who work in matters of policy and practice, such as scheduling and course offering? Two, what are the expectations of faculty for getting to know students and understanding the external responsibilities that these students have? And three, how does the college encourage and train advisors and other staff members to talk with students about balancing work and school? I love that. I also think what we'll do is we'll post those questions so that our listeners are able to use that and take it back to their institutions and other colleagues um, throughout the schools that they support. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, Dr. Garcia. I'm going to go back to calling you Dr. Garcia now. And I sincerely appreciate this time that we had together. Well, Sharmika, thank you so much. Always be happy to support your work. So here's what I took away. In order to dig deep, we have to make sure our working students have infrastructure and policy in place. We need to make sure that we're clear on those faculty expectations and making sure that we have training and reinforcement to really understand what our working student needs. You know, I just want to thank Dr. Garcia for joining the show, and I want to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Deep Dives with Tremika Benjamin. And I do want to share a special surprise with you. We took what Dr. Garcia said to heart, and we reached out to Dr. Philip Neal, and next week he will be joining us on this show to talk more about how he put the plan into action. And I mean, I was listening to Dr. Garcia, and I'm saying it is impossible to have a person so fantastic that's doing some pretty transformational work as she described. And let me tell you, he is. And don't forget to check out the episode description for this episode where you'll get some of those tips related to those three questions in terms of what you need to ask your leadership team. So if you like what you heard today and any of the other episodes before, then make sure you go to www.deepdivestv.com or subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. So thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the other side.